0: Hello, readers. Bruce Arena is a longtime soccer coach, including the former U.S. Men's National Team coach. His book is called What's Wrong With Us? A Coach's Blunt Take on the State of American Soccer After a Lifetime on the Touchline. Bruce, thank you for the time. How are you?
1: Well, thank you. Fine, thank you.
0: Uh, now, most of the focus on this book, uh, Bruce, is your solutions to get U.S. soccer back on track, but you also tell the story of your life in this book. Why was now the correct time for you to write this book?
1: Uh when is the right time? <laughs> you know, I, I, I've been in the sport a long time and uh, I'm towards the end of my career, and uh, I wanted to tell my story. And uh, obviously, uh, I entered an agreement with Harper Collins last spring and uh, started writing a book during the spring and, and finished it at the end of last year. and then obviously uh, the publication date was in June.
0: Was there anything you discovered about yourself in writing this book? Uh, just an
1: interesting career gone through, gone, gone through a lot 've had great experiences i 'm very fortunate there, and also had a chance to reflect uh, obviously since the uh, the loss we had in october and it allowed me to think some things out that I put on a piece of paper that I think think was important.
0: Now, Bruce, a lot of people don't realize this, but uh, your background not only includes soccer, of course, but also lacrosse, probably more so lacrosse when you were going up. What eventually got you into soccer, and what helped you transition from being so focused on lacrosse into uh, more of the soccer thing?
1: Well, just a, a bunch of different experiences. Uh, I got up to soccer very late uh, when I was young, uh, played both soccer and lacrosse in college, played both professionally. And then started coaching both at the collegiate level. And then in the mid-'80s, I had to make a decision to go one way or the other. And I, and in my view at that time, I thought uh, soccer had a great future in this country, and it would give me more opportunities professionally. So that's when I made a decision
0: just to go, go with soccer. What was your first soccer head coaching gig like?
1: it was at the university of puget sound after i, I, I finished playing with the tacoma tides and uh, earned uh, earned my pay by getting graduate courses there and then we recruited the kids as they were walking by our practice field uh, on the campus but uh, it was a lot of fun and uh, gave me the opportunity to start thinking about how the things i wanted to do as a coach and it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun it was a good experience and then i obviously moved back to Cornell at some point and coached both sports at Cornell and then had the opportunity at the University of Virginia. So I put in a lot of time uh, uh, at a young age into coaching, and and by the time I hit the professional ranks in 1996, uh, I was a coach for about 20 years.
0: And that coaching path included you teaching math in high school at one point. Why was teaching math in a high school classroom so important to your development as a head coach?
1: Well, not necessary teaching math as much as uh, is communicating with people and and looking at issues and at the time i I talked about the fact that I actually wasn 't qualified to teach math. I just ended up teaching math because uh, we had uh, uh, a physical issue in our schools because of flooding and they and they uh, reappointed teachers to different kind of classes. I ended up in a math class and then had to figure that out and and figure out how to talk to the kids about it and everything else. Uh, Coaching is teaching as well. Coaching is definitely teaching. So if you if you understand how to teach, uh, that's an important aspect of being a good coach.
2: Bruce, did you know while you were playing uh, that you wanted to be a coach as your profession long term?
1: I think so. I, I think I knew that in college. You know, I I uh, really appreciated what my my coaches did for me and others, and I I, I thought it was. Uh, um, an outstanding profession and, and, and something I thought about getting into.
0: Bruce, you mentioned your illustrious career at Virginia. At one point in that career, your office shared a thin wall with Virginia basketball's opponent locker room. Who were some of the coaches you heard through that wall, and what did you learn from them?
1: Well, it was a fabulous experience. I heard from the greats in the game, from Dean Smith to Lefty Drizel to Krzyzewski. Uh It goes on and on. And uh, what I learned is how a coach at the high level prepares his team. And and I could hear the talks uh, before the game, at halftime, and and post-game. And it was just an absolutely marvelous experience for a young coach.
2: All right, Coach, uh, I've got to ask, you know, about this book, right? What's wrong with us? Obviously, American soccer fans watching the FIFA World Cup right now and disappointed that uh, the U.S. men's national team is not a part of this. Uh, We want to encourage people to get out and buy this book and read it for themselves. But I guess to to put it bluntly, and if you can put it in a radio interview answer, uh, what do you think is the biggest problem with the state of U.S. soccer right now?
1: Well, uh there are some problems, and, and 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 I think the good news is that it, it's not huge. I think there's some small things that we need to do to, to uh, in, improve the American player, uh, the league, and then clearly the national team program. Right now, in our domestic league, we don't have enough American players playing. Seventy percent of the starters in MLS are international players, and very few young players are playing. So. In in my view, as a national team coach, you sit there and you ponder and you say, how are we going to develop these players if they can't get on the field in their own league? So I strongly uh, endorse the fact that both Major League Soccer and U.S. Soccer have got to sort this out. They need to put in some rules and policies that allow our domestic players, and notably our young players, to get on the field.
2: Now, Bruce, is that a problem with the the youth soccer development in this country? I mean, soccer is, you know, the world's most popular sport, and it feels like it's growing pretty rapidly here in America, but, you know, kids have so many other options, playing baseball or football or, or basketball or anything like that. Do you think maybe it's a problem with we're not starting our kids with the right development programs when they're young?
1: Well, the competition in our sport is challenging. However, uh, we are developing some very good players, but they get to the age of 16 and 17. The next step, like it is everywhere in the world, is turn to, to the professional ranks. And right now, in our system, we don't push those kids forward between the ages of 17 and 21 and then eventually get them on the field. Our youth system is actually doing an adequate job. Our professional system is not in terms of developing these younger players and moving them on to our first teams.
0: You wrote that back in the 1980s, former U.S. coach Walt Chisovich talked about America, because it is so different from every other country, shouldn't try to copy the Englands, the Germanys, and the Brazils of the world, but rather come up with its own solutions to success in the sport. What should winning American soccer look like?
1: Well, when American soccer is going to look like uh, us stepping on the field and having all the qualities that 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 Americans have in terms of their athleticism, their competitiveness, but our young players are, are skillful as well, and they're good soccer players. And the the most glaring example would be Christian Pulisic.
0: Interesting. And uh, you also lobby for U.S. soccer to become more technically savvy with the sport at the leadership levels, and that includes maybe uh, considering creating more of a GM position, someone who would oversee all facets of the program, offering great assistance to the head coach and federation. Uh, Why is that position so important? Do you consider yourself a good candidate for that position?
1: Well, they've already uh, selected the the general manager—that's Ernie Stewart. Okay, he was selected a couple of weeks ago uh, at, at my suggestion in, in creating the position, and I also recommended Ernie. At the national team level, they need something like that in place uh, to to uh, develop a better relationship. At, at the higher levels of U.S. soccer with the national team program and have a consistency of doing things and looking at all the things that are important to have success in a national team program. I also mentioned, I think in Major League Soccer, there should be more administrators that are skilled in the technical side of the game as well.
2: Bruce, you mentioned uh, in the book a lot of systematic problems with the state of the U.S. men's national team in soccer here in this country. But I'm just curious, you know, you having an insider's perspective, being the coach for part of the qualifying for this year's World Cup, uh, if you could pinpoint one thing that just was that went wrong with the team, maybe the biggest problem was just inside the guys who were in the locker room you know why why they couldn 't find a way to qualify for this world cup what would you, uh, what would you kind of look at
1: well actually, I would tell you and, and, and all the fans out there that that wasn 't the problem This is an excellent group of guys uh, they, you know when I came in, we already had two losses in two games in, in qualifying. And stepping in 2017, we knew it was going to be challenging. We had eight games, and we understood that probably it would go down to the last game, and it did. In 2017, the team won the Gold Cup. They had a record of ten wins, two losses, and six draws. Uh, Had a goal differential of plus 20. So they did a lot of good things in 2017. We won undefeated for 14 straight games. You can't do that if you have problems inside your team. They really worked hard together, so all the things you read out there, it's not true. They were a good group. We fell short in the end. There's no excuses. Perhaps we were limited in some areas, but that's like any team. And in all honesty, uh, you know, we all put our hands up and we accept the responsibility for not getting a result in the last game in, in 2017, and there are no excuses.
0: Landon Donovan, one of your star players at the national and MLS levels, took some slack over the weekend for supporting Mexico. Do you root for Mexico in World Cup action? I
1: I support all the CONCACAF uh, teams. I I don't think there's anything wrong with Landon saying that. I I watch these games in Mexico plays or Costa Rica or Panama. I'm I'm supportive of those teams. Uh, They're good people. You know, There's too much stuff going on in the world that we're going to get angry over supporting Mexico.
0: Were you part of the group that helped successfully bring the World Cup to the U.S. in 2026?
1: No, I I wasn't part of that group. Uh, That was... uh, the presidents of uh, the federations of Canada, Mexico, and the United States.
0: I'm sure uh, you're pretty tapped in on that process, if you so choose to be. Do you know of a seminal moment that helped push North America over the top?
1: The moment is you simply examine what we have to offer. We have the greatest facilities in the world. We have this is these these are the best venues. We have the most modern means of transportation and communication anywhere in the world. A World Cup in the United States in 2026 is going to be the best World Cup ever. Um, so it, it was an easy choice, in my
2: opinion. Excuse me, Coach. Yeah, I'm very excited now. Do you think this will help? the popularity of soccer in America and perhaps inspire, I don't know, more kids to start yeah, playing soccer? I mean,
1: the, the, the sport is doing well. We're, we're making very good progress despite the fact that we didn't qualify for this World Cup. And I think uh, the, the 2026 World Cup is going to be a real shot in the arm for the sport in our country.
0: Last thing for Bruce Arena. Bruce, a lot of people around here in Austin, Texas, are fired up at the possibility of getting an MLS franchise one day. I don't know how much time you've spent in Austin, so I guess we'll start off by asking have you spent any time in Austin, but also do you think this city would make for a good MLS town?
1: Well, I've uh, spent time in Austin. When I was at the University of Virginia, I recruited the player out of Austin. His name is Ben Crawley. I think he's still there working in the youth program. Uh, I think Austin's an outstanding city. It should be a, a great place for Major League Soccer. Whether it happens or not, I don't know, but I, you know, we all know that Austin's one terrific city.
0: Well, Bruce, I know you're working on a tight window today. You've got a ton of these interviews. Uh, I really enjoyed reading this book, you talking about communication, your life, what led you up to the successes that you've had at the collegiate, the MLS, and also the national and international levels as well. Thank you for sharing your story, uh, not just in these pages, but also on this very show today. Thank you, Bruce.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate you having me on the show.